All right, as a kid, I used to love when my parents would sit down and play a game with us or do any activity. And right here in our hands, we have the KiwiCo box, which is the activity of all activities for young kids. The colorful chemistry set, to be specific. So with Drew and Jet and Bear, we try to have really intentional playtime. And that's hard because they're all different ages and kind of in different developmental kind of phases of life. I love with KiwiCo that each month we get boxes specific to their ages and kind of like the activity development phase that they're in. So each box, this one's the colorful chemistry set. Um, this has to do with science, but especially with Bear, it can be really hard with a four month old to know like how to interact with him where he needs to be at four months old. And I love in these crates, they actually have cards that say, here are activities or things you can do specific to Bear that will help him identify colors or whatever it is. I love KiwiCo. There's always something new for kids to discover, like learning about the science of ice cream, engineering robots, or doing science experiments, which our kids have loved yes. recently. Sean is currently holding, as she said, the Colorful Chemistry Kit, which has provided hours of entertainment for our kids. They look forward to their new crate every month, and this one kept him really engaged. We got to experiment with mixing oil and water, mixing different colors, and watching how different things react. It was so fun. We basically created our own little chemistry lab with the kids, and we could feel their excitement when they got to play around and mix things together. Plus, it barely made a mess, so it was really quick to clean up and to use again another day. It can be hard to find creative ways to keep your children engaged, challenged, and off their screens, but KiwiCo does the work for you, so you can spend quality time tackling projects together. Redefine learning with play. Explore projects that build confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month of any crate at KiwiCo.com when you use code COUPLE. That's 50% off your first month at KiwiCo.com. Promo code COUPLE. Hi, my name is Sophie. I've been predicting celebrity baby names for Nameberry for the past seven years. Predicted that Sean Johnson was going to name her son Jet. I, I, I'm I am loving this, Sophie. You're like a psychic right now. It's <laughs> freaking me out. An example of that would be a name like Bryn, which yes, I love. I love that name. I'm curious. What would you guess we would name a girl or a boy this time around? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things with Sean and Andrew, a podcast all about couples and the things they go through today is fascinating <laughs> fascinating <laughs> we are interviewing sophie keem who is the editor-in-chief at nameberry which their job is to name things name babies give adults new names if they want a new name name boats name pets name companies and we're doing this interview because sophie went kind of viral when she posted a, a video predicting our third baby's name. She guessed accurately Jet's name, which is wild. Um, and she goes through this whole prediction process with the third baby's name. And I'm not going to lie, she's pretty accurate. So I'm looking at this video, and I, I immediately have the thought that we have to talk to Sophie and just understand what her process is and how she comes to these conclusions. And the conversation that we just had with her was uh, everything I hoped for and more. <laughs> and honestly, I, I kind of had like a, I kind of had like an epiphany slash life-changing moment. In Andrew the thinks of this. he's living in the matrix right now because of this conversation. We talk about essentially how a name comes to be. And, you know, for those who are Shakespeare fans, what's in a name? And honestly, it shook me to my core. Yeah. Sophie explains that there's basically a process with each couple. She's very good at profiling. She has her process. And with us... 
she's kind of got us down to a science and she knows a plus b equals c for what our names are probably going to be this episode was almost like uh the ones we've done with enneagrams or personality tests or like for those who are into astrology like the horoscopes it's almost like talking to sophie and hearing her process of how she was profiling us was like looking in a mirror yeah and she was telling us something about who we were yeah which is so interesting when you think that you are like this unique person <laughs> and she's just saying no you're you're just you know the average person who lives in nashville at age 31 like you're just like everybody else in that age i i was just fascinated and i hope you are as well i learned a lot in this episode she talks about some data um she gives some of the most popular names from last year as well as the so, least popular yeah. um and kind of her process through it all so anyway if you're interested in sophie and her company nameberry we'll link information down below but without further ado we bring you the baby namer sophie keem i cannot tell you how many people sent the video of you guessing the baby's name to us and i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna give anything away but it's fascinating how accurate you are did i get it right maybe we will not disclose we cannot disclose okay because i got i got jet's name right back in back yeah. in the day um i don't think i did a prediction for for drew's name but um i, I did i did guess jet so i like to you know when i there's extra pressure when I get a previous baby's name right to then get the next one. Can you tell us about who you are, yeah. what you do, and where and how you got here? <laughs> um, my name is Sophie Keem. I work for Nameberry, so I'm the editor in chief. And uh, Nameberry is the biggest website about names, uh, not just baby names. We also have, you know anyone who's looking for a new name for themselves or, you know, a pet, anything else like that. Um, but we do talk a lot about baby names specifically. So I started working there in 2015 and it really started as predicting what celebrities were going to name their babies. I had this column and I would, I would run it monthly and I would predict, you know, a bunch of a bunch of couples what they were gonna call their child. And it turned out that I was pretty good at it. <laughs> so it got more popular. And then we you know, made the decision to switch it into a social media video series. So now I do one couple every week. And I, you know, take a look at their style, any information that's out there about people. And the most helpful thing is having older children because that really gives you a sense of um, a couple's baby name style. So that's really what I use. So Nameberry does uh, pets. I understand you do boats, babies, <laughs> you do renames. So mm -hmm. it's like if you're looking for a name, Nameberry can help you out. Yeah, no, I've I've helped name businesses. I've helped name people's pets, uh, babies. We do a lot of name changes. So people who want to change their baby's name or people who want to change their own name, we talk about that stuff too. Can I, why do you think people use your service? This is a novel concept to me. I mean, it's fascinating, but I'm mm -hmm. so curious. Well, I think, you know, if people who use consulting services 
are, you know, looking for something specific that they need some advice on. So either uh, they want a name that's really unique or they want to hear, you know, is this name going to be really popular in the next 10 years? That's something that I can, you know, make a pretty um, good guess about or, you know, forecast the the trends and things like that. Um, and then we also have a lot of people who just use our site for inspiration. We have lists of names. We are always writing blog posts. We, uh, you know, we have our social media, um, TikTok, Instagram, all of that stuff where we share information about names. So we have a community of people who are really interested in names, name nerds, uh, who want to learn more about every type of name and just you know, are, are fascinated by that whole world. And then we have people who are looking for a name for their child or themselves, and they might interact with other parts of the site using lists. And if they really are having trouble or want that outsider opinion, then they're going to use consulting services. This is so fascinating to me because I feel like, which you've talked about before, there's so much significance behind a name. Like, it's almost like the profiling you do of why people are naming it their babies or their boats or their businesses, certain types of names. But when someone's coming to you, how do you hone in on like what's unique about them? Why do you want something that's significant in this category, whether it's like a noun or old school or traditional or how is your pro like how does your process go down? Yeah, we, for our consulting clients, we have a big questionnaire that they fill out where we get some basic information and then we really have to have a conversation. So it ends up being something like this, where you're saying, well, what are you looking for in a name? What are your values in a name? How do you feel about your own name, right? That really influences how you name your children, your experience with your own name. So we talk about all of those things. We try and get to the bottom of what's really important and what maybe is a um, priority, but not a requirement, right? Because sometimes people are looking for a name that has everything and that might not be out there. What makes you good at this? So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know a lot about names. I have been in this industry, I suppose, for I think almost 10 years at this point, I was very interested in names from a young age. Um, I have a pretty good memory. So I would, you know, as a, as a child, I would just memorize where names are on the popularity charts or names, meanings, things like that. So I have a very strong background in names. And then, you know, working at the site, this is, this is my job. So I think about baby names all day long. I'm very up on the trends, good at predicting trends. And then you just, you see a bunch of people. I'm always interested in what people are naming their babies. So I can start to pick out patterns like, oh, okay, you know, that that's your style. You might like this kind of name. You just start to notice what people are naming their kids. I'm so excited for you to diagnose our style later on. <laughs> later on. Later uh -huh. on. But do, do you find that people, so you mentioned it, uh, looking at trajectories of the popularity of names, do people usually want names that are going to be common use or do they want unique names? 
usually? It totally depends. So just because it's a kind of a self-selecting group, we see more people who want a unique name. If you want a tr super traditional name, if you're like, oh, you know, I love the name James and nothing is going to change my opinion about that, you're probably not going to talk to us because we can't really, you know, good, great, use the name James, that's amazing. Um, but so we so we see a lot of people who who are looking for unique names. I think or definitely, I mean, the data supports this. In general, names are becoming more unique. Our name pool is more, much more diverse than it was. The percentage of children given the top names, which in 2022 were Olivia and Liam, is so much smaller than the percentage of people who were given the top names, you know, decades before. And each year, you know, we see this the the percentage going down and we see more names added to the pool i think something that's really interesting is boy names which historically just because of traditions with naming boys they were often named after family members so you just had a much smaller name pool and now the boy name pool is really expanding and we're seeing it catch up to you know just in terms of numbers the number of boy names that are in use compared to the number of girl names and that's because people are reviving really old names but mostly people are creating new names they're really open to the idea that something could be a name for their baby that wasn't in use 50 years ago i mean jet is an example of that that's a it's a pretty new name i will it is funny i think i found jet on one of your lists at mm -hmm. one point but we also found it on a family um, tree. on a family tree and it was kind of like the connecting. I was like, oh, okay, I really like this. Uh -huh. But I'm curious within your process, do you have like your go-to line when someone presents something and you're like, hmm, I don't know if I would recommend that. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good, that's a really good question. I, it, it totally depends on the situation. And I try and always tie it back to someone's values or what they say they're looking for in a name. So if you come to me and you say, I want a really unique name, um, but one of the names on my list is Oliver, I'm going to say, well, Oliver is a great name. I love it. But if you are really wanting a unique name that you're not going to see um, other children you know, have at school or, you know, at the park, anything like that, that might not be the best choice for you. Or similarly, if someone says, I want a name that people are going to be able to pronounce and spell easily, and then they, you know, are, but their favorite name is Searsha or something, Irish name with a, you know, unintuitive spelling to, to many English speakers, um, that's going to be something that I bring up to them and say, well, you know, I love that name. It's beautiful, but you might want to think about how that matches up with this value of yours of having a name that's pretty easy to pronounce and spell. Are you dealing much in values? Like, so, so I like Jet, mm -hmm. um, the name, because I think it's shorthand for Judah, which means excellence or something like that. And are you like kind of doing some psychological or like missional family therapy to a certain extent? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's also a part of my background. I work 
uh, part-time as a perinatal therapist. So I bring that into everything that I do. And in that job, I'm working with um, parents or parents-to-be talking about, you know, values around parenting and um, perinatal, you know, mood disorders like anxiety and depression and OCD and, and all of that stuff. And values are a big part of, you know, working with people therapeutically. So I, I definitely bring that lens to this. But I do think it's a really useful name to, or really useful way to work with people around names because ultimately, you know, you can fit certain names into different categories. You know, if someone really wants a family name, we're going to prioritize that and search for something that has that family connection um, or, you know, even the, the values that seem more superficial, like a unique name versus a popular name or something that people are going to be familiar with, but isn't used very often. It's so interesting. So like the, just the idea that, there are trends of like, hey, uh, Olivia is going to be popular. I wonder if it refl does that happen intentionally? Like it's it's almost like a conscious or subconscious thought of like, hey, we collectively as a society are wanting something that's kind of more common, and that's whatever people consume is leading them to all have that same conclusion. And then there's waves where you know male names now are a little more diverse or there's more names in the pool. It just, I, uh, one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to is Freakonomics and they talk about tight versus loose cultures, mm -hmm. loose cultures being, um, super high in innovation, very low in like collective, you, you know, like you look how, uh, we, the United States dealt with the pandemic versus like Singapore, the, you, the loose, like there's pros and cons to each, we didn't really collectively like move towards one thing as a group. Whereas like Singapore is very tight country, super uh, obedient is, is kind of a term, but also lower on innovation. It's like, I wonder if the name trends of like, Hey, we're all, there's a higher share of common names reflect. My question is, do you have any data on the diversity of United States names so, versus other countries? Um, Yes. So certain countries also take their own data. Um, I don't know off the top of my head what the percentages in other countries are for, um, you know, using the top names or anything like that. It's also it's a little bit tricky because um, most of the countries that record name data are similar to the U.S., you know, part of the global north, um, looser, you know, uh, cultural identity. But what we do know is we, we have good data from, you know, history in, in the U.S. And back in, you know, the, you know, first half of the 20th century, when as a culture, we were a little bit, we were more interested in conformity. And you know, wanting to fit in. And you, so you do see a higher percentage of babies given the top names. That being said, we didn't, people didn't have access to name data back then. So it wasn't like everyone was saying, oh, Linda is the most popular baby name of the time. That means I'm going to choose that for my child or vice versa, say, I really don't want to choose that for my child. People only really had access to baby name data 
um, starting in the in the 80s and 90s, I mean, the the co-founders of Nameberry, uh, Pamela Redmond and Linda Rosencrantz, they spearheaded this, the way we think about baby names now. Their first book was published in 1988, and it was the first baby name book to look at names from the perspective of image or style. And they they figured out the popularity charts for baby names. That, that data didn't really exist before. And it was only in 1997 that that data became widely available to people. So it's hard to say, you know, exactly, but I do think, and there have been, you know, significant shifts as the culture in the U.S. has become more individualistic, that people are wanting more unique names. I feel like it's apparent that you literally have a job where people hire your services to help find significant names for, let's just say babies, but anything. I think one of the biggest stresses as a parent in naming your kid is you're basically helping give them an identity. Yeah. You're you're pre like you you try to image what your kid is going to be like and you want to give a matching name. Do you find that names truly help form an identity of a kid or do you have so many customers coming back and saying I'm 20 some years old, I don't like my name, I don't think it fits my identity so I want to change it completely have, have you heard of the the name marijuana pepsi it's a real person seriously yeah <laughs> no oh maybe it, I, I don't know it's real i that sounds familiar yes okay. yeah anyway, go ahead i so yes names i think have become even more tied with identity so there's a lot more pressure these days to find that right name which is really hard when you haven't met this person yet mm -hmm. you don't know you know to be honest i think that most babies um there you know of course are cases of, of name regret but most babies grow to fit their names but i think a lot of that is not because of the name itself and more because of the parents who are choosing the name, you know, you are you are choosing a name based on all these things that have to do with you, your values, the things that you're interested in, and your values as that child's parents are more likely to influence that kid than the name itself. So I, that might be an unexpected answer from someone who who deals with names all the time, but I, I do I, I do really believe that names say so much about our parents and less about us not to be facetious but but what what is in an what's in a name sophie why <laughs> why do you find them intriguing or interesting well there i mean there's so much in a name the fact that you can look at a name and understand something about you know you can, you can look at names through the lenses of sociology, history, psychology, statistics. I mean, there are all, I, I love how interdisciplinary they are. And then it is, I, I think it's so cool that when I meet someone, I, I have this party trick where I, you, you give me your name and I'll tell you things about your parents because we know statistically um, things about how older parents name differently than younger parents, how um, people who lean more conservative on the political spectrum name differently than people who lean more liberal. And, um, you know, I can also make educated guesses 
sometimes, it, you know, it depends, not, not all names, um, you know, on where you live, because names are more, you know, there's some names are more popular in certain parts of the country than others. And, and so I can, I can tell you a lot about your, your parents' values. And it's so cool that um, all of these pieces of identity are communicated in a name. Wow. Great answer. <laughs> what, what, where is the database that, that you guys pull like, Hey, Olivia was used 2000 times in 2022. Where, where does that come from? It's from the Social Security Administration. So they have really good data on, you know, all the names in the US. And so we have access to all the names given to five or more babies of a single sex in each year, um, all the way back to 1880. So it's a really, really good data set. And it um, they also split out by by state. So we can, um, we can tell which names are more popular in, in particular states. I will never forget when we had our daughter, we didn't know, we didn't find out gender until like she was here. So we had a name going in and I can tell you this. We had Drew Hazel going in for a girl and we had Griffin, <laughs> we had Griffin Dean for a boy. And I will never forget one of the rules of the hospital of giving birth in the hospital was you weren't allowed to leave until you filled out social security. Mm -hmm. So you had to like permanently write their name down and I remember having such cold feet. I was like, Drew Hazel is edgy. It's a, it's a <laughs> different name than like what I've heard for a girl. Andrew was like, are you sure we shouldn't name her Mary? And I was like, where did this come from? As we were filling out the paper, someone was writing. I was like, let's go with Vanessa. Let's switch it up. <laughs> yeah. Vanessa feels better. And I was like, no. But there is so much pressure, like you said, within like putting an identity to a kid. And she is the most perfect Drew Hazel in the world. And she like has grown into our name. She embodies it. We feel it. She, it's perfect. But there is all of that like pressure that comes into writing it down for the first time. You're like, I am giving an identity to her or him. And it is wild. Yeah. S would you mind before we get to the more personal segment <laughs> of this discussion, uh, walking us through some data that you might have available? Uh, just I'm curious, like, do you have information on you mentioned the most popular names what about the least used names right like the <laughs> they were used maybe six times or some of the regional differences um, i'm just give it to give all the data that you have yeah so um guess i will i am pulling this up right now um do we do we want to start with um rare girl names or boy names either okay let's go girl okay let's go girl um let me see here. The thing about it, so yeah, I they only will, for privacy reasons, give you names that were used five or more times. And yeah. it's so fun to go through those lists because there are a lot of gems in there. And then there are, you know, there are names where it's like, oh, that was, that's spelled differently, or maybe, you know, names from cultures that are underrepresented in the U.S. Um, just I mean, really cool, really cool stuff in here. And there are so many that were given to just five kids. So let me, let me try and- This is nationally people. though. This is nationally, yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, there were three and a half million babies born globally. Uh, uh, sorry, three and a half million babies born in the U.S. Yes, in twenty twenty two. So, of the three, it's three point six million. So, this name, so, mm -hmm. 
five times. Was, so we wow. have for baby girls, um, Seattle, like the city. That's wow. one of them. Let me let me find some other ones. Um, Wimberley. That was a that was a new one this year. Um, Wimberley in two spellings, but the one that was given to five was W I M B E R L Y. Um, that yeah, that was that was a new one that uh, that debuted. Um, we have Max. Like it was, it, so it maybe it was used less than five times in previous years, but this yeah. was the first time it made since nineteen eighty. This is fascinating. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. The one you just said, did you just say vaccine? No, Maxi, M-A-X-I. <laughs> oh, I was like, what? <laughs> that would be a little bit crazy, I think. No yeah. one named their kid vaccine. There were some COVIDs. I will, some people know really? COVID. COVID with a K, though, not with a C. It never, oh, it okay. with a C, but with a K, uh, it did. Um, oh, we have Jinx for a girl, but J-Y-N-X. Joyous. Mm. Um, that should be used more. Yeah, that one I think will that one will rise. That's one of it's part of a you know a broader trend in, in these adjective names. Um, brilliant also for girls. I like it. I like all these. It's cool. Cambridge. Okay. Wow. Canary. Out of places. And let's see. Let's do um, one more. Let's find another. Let's find another good one. Clarabella. All one word. And then wow. for boys, let's find some words. A Wilkins, Venus for boys, and Valiant. Um, Fen. Oh, that's a really cool one. F E N N. I like that one. Interesting. We know Garvin. a couple of I know Finn. Yeah, it's Marvin? Garvin. G A R V I N. Let's see. Adresa, that's a cool one. I know someone named Adresa. Really? And let's see, Collins with a K. Oh, and Kuiper, uh, K-U-Y-P-E-R, like the Kuiper belt. That's a like, astrological one. So um, yeah, those are some those are some of the rarest names that we know were given to babies. Wow. Fascinating. Fascinating. If you know me, you know I love cereal. Our whole family does. And growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. But now that I'm older, I know it's important to watch out for empty carbs and extra sugar. So I took a little break there from eating so much cereal. But now I've tried Magic Spoon. And Magic Spoon has classic flavors and the crunch you love. But it has way less sugar and it's high in protein. We love Magic Spoon in the East household. I always get the variety pack. It has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five grams of net carbs with only 140 calories per serving. It's high protein, has zero grams of sugar. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. It's pretty wild to think a cereal can be high in protein and low-carb and still taste delicious, but it does. I love eating a bowl of the fruity flavor after a workout for some extra protein. And Sean here loves the cocoa flavor as a snack before bed. We think everyone should try Magic Spoon and taste the difference themselves. Go to magicspoon.com slash eastfam to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code eastfam at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason... 
They'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, start the new year off right with a delicious bowl of high-protein cereal at magicspoon.com slash eastfam. And use our code eastfam to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Everyone knows that finding the perfect t-shirt with, like, the quality and the fit is near impossible. I told you guys that I found Skims while I was pregnant, and now postpartum, I found the best nursing bra known to mankind from Skims. Well, they've outdone themselves again because they now have the perfect t-shirt, especially postpartum with a changing body. I can guarantee you, you won't find a t-shirt like it. I love also that Skims has a fit for everyone from the long t-shirts to the cropped. They truly have like sizes and qualities and styles for every single thing you could want. So the cotton jersey t-shirt is the one that I'm talking about. It is an absolute staple. I feel like I'm reaching for it literally every day, especially nursing with bear. It's breathable and soft, and it somehow gets even softer and still holds its shape after every wash. If I could only recommend two of the Skims t-shirts, I would say the cotton jersey t-shirt, which I have in mineral, or the boyfriend t-shirt, literally in any color, are probably my two favorite t-shirts that they make. Shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small to 4X. After you place your order, select podcast in the drop down menu, select couple things to let them know we sent you. Have a good one. Um, okay. I'm, I'm curious. What do you know about us, Sophie? So we've, <laughs> t- we've, we've spoken now for less than a half hour, Yeah. but you've done some research on us or probably have some insight that I'd be curious to learn. Yes. So I do know that you two are younger parents. And so it makes sense that you chose these more modern names because older parents are more likely to go the traditional route. And you chose, you know, Jet, which hasn't really been used as a first name very often until the 21st century. And Drew, which feels innovative. You know, of course, we know of Drew Barrymore and we've heard it as a girl name before, but it really didn't start to gain traction until until recently. Um, and you also just chose names that were really pretty on trend. I mean, even Hazel feels really cool right now. Jet is a is a cool name. You'll see. I, I pulled some trends for you guys that we can we can talk about later. And both of these names fit into what people are interested in right now. Um, well, I mean, you're you're from or you live in Nashville, and what I know about people A who live in cities and B who um, you know are in, in Tennessee. Well, let's start with cities. People in cities are more likely to choose names that are ahead of the curve, and that's exactly what you did. You chose both of these names before. I mean, they, they haven't peaked yet, and so. Um, that, that's just something that we, we observe in cities. They tend to catch on to these trends faster and then, you know, start adopting these names earlier, like you guys. And then in Tennessee, um, some of the stuff we notice there and in other kind of, you know, Southern states, states in the West too, um, these these cool boy names with these spiky consonants that just, it's kind of a regional thing. Um, You're not seeing that in the upper Midwest or, um, you know, upper part of the East Coast where they prefer kind of softer boy names seems to be more of the trend. Um, But these, these cool. What do you mean by softer boy names? Sorry. What do you mean by softer boy names? 
Um, boy names with softer sounds. So think Silas, um, what else? Elias, uh, lots of S sounds, Miles. Um, boy names that feel a little bit more liquid or kind of gentle, maybe have more conventionally feminine sounds, whereas um, people in, you know, Tennessee and, and the South and the West tend to like these like really masculine boy names. That, that's, a, that's a big trend. Which is really funny Crazy because out. as we were trying to select a boy's, like a boy name, we were like something strong, like yeah. something, which is very, it's very Southern. That's like a very Southern trend. Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> I interrupted. Keep going. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't worry. No, that, that, that's really all I had to say. Like that, it just, it fits where you live, your age. It just, it, it makes total sense for me. And I think that's probably why I, I got it right when I predicted yeah. Chet's name, because I was like, okay, these things, you know, I do know these things about you. Let me make this educated guess based on those demographics about a name that you might pick. It is funny. If you were to see like our ongoing list of names that we have to like pick from that we love, I could probably put a side by side of the list you would come to like you would put together and it would be the same. But it's like every post you've ever posted about Drew when we were pregnant with her and then Jet. I'm like, oh, I like those names. (laughs) All the ones that you were like predicting. So like write them down. You know, without giving away your proprietary, you know, method, I'm curious practically. So, like, you have all this data on us. Okay, Sean and Andrew live in Tennessee in a city. Um, They're younger. Are you, like, filtering this big list out? And you're like, okay, sweet, here's all the the urban names. And then, wait, no, they're – they came from the Midwest, so let's nix out this half of it. And are you just, is it almost like an algorithm that you have, or is it a, a bit of an art? No, it's more of an art form, I would say. Um, I, it's funny because, I mean, sometimes I will consciously think of these things, and other times I just, I can very quickly filter it in my head and say, here's what I know about you. You are, you know, not the type of people to name your son Thomas. Um, you're, probably not going to choose something like Wesley. You know, I, I just, I can, I can do that very quickly. And, um, but, you know, also I, I want, I, I create a bigger list at first for, for most people. And then I try and fit just, I don't know, based on intuition um, too. So I I can't tell you exactly why I would put this name over this name on a list. I just kind of go with my gut. Try, try to verbalize like, why don't you think we're the type of people to name our son Wesley? Because you're accurate. (laughs) First, I mean, going back to the demographic stuff, Wesley's the type of name that maybe an, a couple who's a little bit older is going to choose for their kids. It's more traditional. Um, it does have those softer sounds. And I, you know, the problem is now too, like it gets so much easier after you have multiple kids. Cause then I'm like, well, you didn't choose a soft sounding boy name. So I can't, it's, I have a hard time imagining you going in that direction. Um, but I guess, you know, I did, I think in the, in the video that I did for this pregnancy, I did have some other more feminine girl names, even though Drew is more unisex. So it 
it kind Why? of belongs along. Well, because I, I think you chose Hazel as the middle name, and that's more feminine, even though it has kind of a gender neutral sound, actually. Um, but I could I could see you going with something that's slightly more feminine if you have another girl, because I think you didn't choose Drew just because it was a gender neutral name like that. That wasn't your only that wasn't your only reason. And so why, I why why did we choose Drew? <laughs> I, I, I'm love I am loving this. So yeah, cool. no, this is you're this like is a great. psychic right now. It's <laughs> freaking me out. No, um, well, I mean, you chose Drew because of you know the connection to Andrew. It's a family connection. Um, it is a cool girl name and it's on trend. And so that was more of what I honed in on, I think, where I think you are more likely to go with something that feels current, that's, a, you know, ahead of the trends. And just because that's seems to be to me, I don't know, based on your Instagram, watching some of your YouTube videos and stuff like that, who you guys are. You're very stylish. You understand the culture and the style. And people like that are more likely to choose a name that, you know, fits those same things, something that is ahead of the curve. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're only going to choose a gender neutral name. Although I, I could see that for you. I could see you going with another kind of a name with unisex style, even for a girl. And so what I mean by that is something that feels kind of unisex, but is actually more common for, for girls or is, or is pretty, is pretty feminine. Um, I think, you know, an example of that would be a name like Bryn, which, you know, people would just, I love, I love, I love that name. It's a name with unisex style and sound, but it's, in usage, in in practice, it's a girl's name. You know, we, yeah. we don't see many boys with the name. So I don't think we've ever talked about that name. That's a good name. So we use, we just have that little baby name app. I'm sure you know it. It's like the Tinder for baby names with yeah. Uh, yeah. YouTube videos on it. Did you watch that YouTube video we did of us uh, just swiping through? I did, okay. yeah. I wonder if that was informative at all. But mm -hmm. um, just reinforce we'll just go through that knows. and then we'll make a list off of that. Or, you know, maybe we meet someone with a unique name. Um, which, by the way, have you seen these, like, uh, comedy skits on when you're naming a child, but you associate that with someone you know? Is that <laughs> yeah. a real thing? Like, not wanting to... Yes. Oh, my goodness. When when I consult with couples, people will be like, well, I love this name, but, you know, my partner knew someone in eighth grade who had this name and they can't get the association out of their head. Um, so I, I think... It, it, it depends on who it is, who you know with the name. If it was someone who's like very, very close to you or a really, you know, your middle school bully or something like that, well, maybe you don't want to use that name. But, you know, for most things, if it's a kid that you knew in the fourth grade, well, your the association with the name and your child is going to override that. But it definitely turns people off to certain names. <sighs> why I'm like giddy with giggles right now and so fascinated by this is because I just had a realization. Honestly, it kind of shook my self-image a little bit having this conversation <laughs> with you because it's like here I am and with Sean, it's like we're sitting down at dinner and it feels like this um, really novel. Our process for naming is like, okay, let's, 
let's think about our family tree or let's think about some of these names we've we've come across and researched and like we have our own process that we think is innovative to us or like unique to us but you're pretty much saying like no if i just throw in a blender you know two white people from nashville tennessee who are age 31 i'm gonna get the same it makes me feel in some ways less special like you know what i'm saying it's like that this is i'm just gonna push this through the algorithm and there's your names as opposed to this like really not that we're we're not artsy at all but it's like you know i chose jet because it was like strong name right and i'm like okay i have i have these reasons or drew it's like my my vision for my daughter is that she'll be like this really strong um presence of a of a woman and it's like that's my thought process where you're just saying like, oh, yeah, maybe you just have that thought process because you're a, a symptom of your surroundings. But I also think she, what she's saying is like she's really good at profiling people. You're really good at like understanding and figuring out and researching and collecting all your information of like what we believe in, what our values are, where we're from. So it's not she's not even saying like it's two white people <laughs> put crazy. them in a blender and it's Tennessee. <laughs> she's saying we're influencers we're modern. We're young. We like, we have un- or I have a unique name. Like, are you experiencing the same thing <clears throat> though that I am? Or is like, like oh, it feel it feels like we're, like we're choosing from millions <laughs> of names when she's like, you're probably only choosing from like twenty. But but, but that makes me feel like I'm part of the matrix. Where it's <laughs> okay, like it's like chill. I'm not. No, it's it's a strange experience. Because we're t- how many names do you do you have data on how many names were used in? Oh my god, 2022. Oh yeah, I mean it was. I think over 50,000 um, I mean, for each gender. No, no. I think for, Total. for, I think it was about, it's usually about 30,000 for girls and it's getting closer to that for boys. So between 50 and, and 60,000, which is actually not that much. Right. So, Considering 3.5 million babies. Do you know how many names are not just last year, but in circulation? No, I don't. No, okay. that, I mean, I'll we have clear. over, I think over 80,000 in our database, but we don't even, I mean, scratch the surface with names. I mean, especially from, you know, yeah. cultures where there's what about information. Oh, overlap between 2022 names and 2021 names. Or, or how many innovative names per year? Like what's the percentage of new names? Oh, that's a good question. There's always a good, a good number, but it's hard to say always because some names will drop out and other names will, mm-hmm. will come uh, in. Yeah. So it tends to be pretty similar in terms of, in terms of uh, raw numbers, but we do see, I mean, the name pools growing every year and by 5% or t- like what's your estimation? To, I would have to check on that. It's definitely not as much as, as 5%. It would be, okay. you know, less than five. It would be, probably less than one percent even i i would need to look at that but um it it is growing and there are there are new names all the time okay so as we get ready to wrap um i'm curious if you could guess what would be your predictions which you've posted a tiktok on and on socials what would you guess we would name a girl or a boy this time around okay okay i I'm going to say for a girl, true jet. I really like the idea of a of another single syllable name. 
Um, but maybe, I don't know, because I think I posted in the video too, I really, I think you should use the name Shaw as a middle name because it would honor you, Sean. It's one of my favorite ways to honor a Sean. Um, so I would love that, I would love to see that for a girl. So I could see something like Drew Hazel. Let's go with Lennon Sean. I like that. Or Lennon Shaw. I mean, I, I like that as a combination. Lennon is cool. It's more feminine, but it has that gender neutral style. You could get the really cool nickname Lenny, which people are loving right now. Um, and yeah, Lennon Shaw, Lennon Shaw East. I think that that's a really, that's a really good name. Um, okay. And let's do, let's do a boy, um, Drew Jet. I mean, I definitely, you know, something that is, that is a strong name. I want that kind of sharp masculine edge to the name. Um, so I'm going to go with, I think, I think Knox, I think Knox is such a, such a cool name. Um, I, maybe that's too Tennessee actually, because sometimes people in Tennessee are like, I don't want to use the name Knox or I don't want to use the name. Nash. Actually scratch that. We're not doing Knox. Um, I like, I think Cade. Cade, I think, is a is a good name. It's a strong name. It's still somewhat um, somewhat rare. It's not it's not like too too popular. And I think it's cool. Cade East. Um, I'm gonna do Cade Cade Wyatt. I don't know. I like that. I like that as a combination. Cade Wyatt East. That's final guess. Locked in. This this is interesting. So my understanding is, which I don't know how accurate all this name, uh, like what does it mean mm -hmm. type of data is, but. My dad's name was Guy. My brother's name is Guy. And Wyatt, I think, is some... Son of Guy. Like, it's like, yeah, it means son of Guy or something like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, Wyatt, let me... I think the names are probably related. Um, let, me, let me do a double check here. Um, that would be a really cool way to honor your dad yeah i mean so the names both have um like anglo-saxon origins and i think that that's really cool i'm not sure that they're exactly okay. related but i like that as a you know it does have some of the same sounds and i mean guy would actually be a really cool name or middle name i've heard a couple of people talking about it lately it's it's super rare um but i feel like that's one that i mean you'd be way ahead of the curve but in a very cool innovative way i have three more thoughts before we go three more thoughts yeah, yeah. um so i i've been challenged recently back to sean's question of like does does a name affect a kid's future um and maybe this is more touching on your perinatal therapy than the naming but like uh jet is is like a little more energetic than drew and mm -hmm. so like a little more hands-on you know he's like touchy he's, he's prone to maybe break more things mm -hmm. and we we got in this habit and my extended family too of like oh jet's crazy or like wow he's a wild kid or what a nut right mm -hmm. and um and then i was kind of convicted of someone approached me and said hey do you think Maybe if you keep calling him that, he's actually just going to live up to that uh, reflection of him. And I was like, dang, that's a really good point. Um, that's what I think. I, I, you, 
like when we named Drew and even when we named Jet, it was I don't really put that much value in like, oh, I'm not stressed about naming the kid perfectly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as as much as I am now interested in names, but it's like I think there is something to telling someone like, hey, you're excellent or you're you're you are this and like setting an aspiration for them to live up to. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but that's just a recent revelation I've had. Yeah, I mean, there's actually been research on this. And so there is some truth to that, that if you name, you know, whatever you name your child, and it tends, I I think it is more on the extreme. So if you choose a really energetic name like Jet, um, perhaps that, that does influence how people are going to think about your child or approach them. And so it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy in a way. And um, because that is true. I mean, if you, from the more like therapeutic psychological side, if you are, are telling your kid they are some way, they will internalize that and they will, they will live up to that basically. So, um, that can can be influenced by certain names. I think you know the reason why I didn't I didn't bring this up earlier is because I, I think it's pretty. You, you have to have a name that is kind of on the extremes. That most names don't have a certain image that we associate with the personality of a child. But you know maybe the super soft names or the super energetic masculine names for boys um, could could influence. There will always be kids that have those names that you know really aren't the way that we would imagine a child with a name like Jet or Silas or anything like that. Um, and they'll, you know, maybe actively rebel against that. But for the most part, I, I do think that there's there's some truth in there that if you if you give your child a very evocative name, that people are going to make certain assumptions about them. How many names will Nameberry consult this year? Oh, that's a good question. Um, a lot. I mean, we've done we've done probably you know we do a couple a week, so over a hundred. Um, and that's that's a mix of baby names. Um, we mostly do baby names and name changes. You know, sometimes we get people with with, with pets or or boats or or businesses, but um, for the most part, that's gonna be baby names, baby name changes, or adult name changes. And uh, yeah, we. We do a bunch of them from, you know, all over the place. We do a lot of international consults as well. What do you find? So I had a, a my best high school friend when he graduated high school. Uh, I, I used to call him Justin and he moved to Colorado. Only wants to be called JJ now. Oh, what wow. do you find is the reason for adults wanting to change their name? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sean and I have been open about our journey with marriage counseling, and it's been really helpful for us. We all carry around different stressors, both big and small, and it's important to sort those out so they don't affect your relationships. I agree, and therapy is such a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. We've been meeting with a therapist individually and as a couple, and it's been a great way to sort through any stressors in the week and have better communication about how we're feeling, which is hard to do when you're busy with kids. BetterHelp is an incredible option if you're thinking of giving therapy a try. It's all online, so it's convenient and flexible with your schedule. It's also nice that you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge 
So you make sure it's a good fit for you. We would highly recommend trying it out. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash EastFam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash EastFam. One in five Americans have, quote, learn a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Plus, Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Andrew and I have been learning Spanish on Babbel, and it's been so fun. We've wanted to learn a new language for so long and have finally started. We've learned how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants, all without having to consult language apps, which is so cool. It's crazy how fast your brain picks up a new language when it's presented in a relatable way. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. Babbel has over 10 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash eastfam. Again, get 60% off at babbel.com slash eastfam, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash eastfam. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's usually identity, which is, you know, goes back to the the hardest task about naming a baby, assigning someone an identity. Um, people, you know, who don't, who feel their name doesn't match their gender identity, people who feel like they want a new start. Um, so we do actually have done quite a few surname consultations, people who are maybe getting divorced and uh, want to, you know, have a, a new surname, something that kind of represents their their new life, people who never felt connected to the person whose surname that they have. Um, and yeah, so it, it all it all goes back to identity. People really want something that fits who they think that they are, because that that incongruence can be, I think, really pretty damaging for people. Are you into like astrology or like Enneagram personality type tests? Yeah, I mean, I I like it. I'm very curious about it. I definitely read my my horoscope and my co-star and and everything like that i mean, i don't um put too much stock into it but i i am very curious i always I, I love anything that can kind of give me more information about myself well i'm wondering which is a truer reflection like these the enneagram or someone's name you know because oh, yeah. you just told us so much yeah i i think I think our names for sure, because it's, it's truly revealing of all of these different facets of our lives and our history, who our parents are, you know, all of those things. Um, whereas, you know, an Enneagram is really fun, but I'm not, I'm not sure if you, you know, I'm not sure you could get really good data that supports the accuracy of those. Th I mean, in fact, I think they've done studies and, it, it isn't backed by data, um, but names, this stuff is. Uh, okay. Also, do you have any psychological insight on 
people with hyphenated who hyphenate their last names or like Sean's I actually don't know what your official name is, but yes, she do. went from Sean Michelle Johnson, M A C H E L, yeah, to Sean Johnson East. Yep. What is that like? Do you have thoughts or insight for people who do hyphenations or the, the middle name is now the last name? Which I got from your mom. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, part of that is also, you know, demographic trend related. Younger people are more likely to change their surnames when they get married. And um, also, yeah, it's it's become more common these days to like drop the given middle name and, and put in um, put your surname as as your middle name hyphenated. There's no like real psychological or good data on this, but I have seen people well, there is data. It was much more common to hyphenate back in kind of the 80s and 90s. People are moving away from that now. Anecdotally, I think people find that it then makes it hard when they're starting their own family and then, you know, say they want to use the father's last name for the baby and the father has a hyphenated surname. It's like, well, do we give our child this same hyphenated surname that then doesn't represent the other parents, um, you know, um, birth name, or do we create a new surname? Do we do a different, you know, hyphen combination? So I think it, it introduces more variables, which can some people find difficult. Um, and in terms of, you know, with moving the, um, your, maiden name to the middle position. I think that's um, also a way just to preserve identity. Whereas in you know the, the 20th century, we saw more people just drop their maiden name and take on the, you know their, their partner's last name. Um, most people find that their surnames are more significant to them than their middle names. You know, a lot of people don't have much of a connection to their middle names. So that's just a way of, of preserving who we are. And so I, I think that's a really, that's a, that's a positive trend. It almost seems like the hyphenated name is like a one generational, like my, yeah. I give my kid a hyphenated name, but they're probably not going to pass that on yeah. to this next generation. Or have you ever heard of a double hyphenated name? No, I, like that, would be, that would be very cumbersome. One thing that's <laughs> happening more often is people are creating new last names. And we've mm-hmm. consulted with people on um, on that. You know, they're saying, well, we're, we're starting our, our own family and we want to have, you know, a new family last name. So oftentimes we'll, you know, help them find some combination of syllables that represents both or, um, or sometimes they'll, they'll just choose a completely different last name that either, you know, connects to both cultures um, of, of the parents or is just kind of a, a meaningful word. This is so fascinating. I, I just can't get over the fact that like here I thought I was some pioneer like Lewis and Clark forging my way into the future when really I'm just like you're just a regurgitation of the history. No, it's just like I'm a I'm a result of my circumstances, which is which is humbling in a lot of ways. It's also comforting in some ways, like once you get over the ego of it, where it's like one any success we've had, like this goes for names, but also everything like you know where you live how you live it's like oh man it's it's all just 
where you're born and who you're born to. Kind of. Yeah. Not to downplay it, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just floored right now, Sophie. I'll leave you at this, Sophie. This has been fascinating and exciting. And it's probably thanks to Nameberry that we've had a lot of our names. So <laughs> um, thank you for that. But I'll leave you with one clue, okay? Okay. For the names that we've selected. Mm-hmm. I feel like within the famous worlds, I know one person with our girl's name and I know two with our boy's name. Okay. And that's it. Okay. Ooh. All right. She's taking I'm- notes. I, I'm going to remember that. I will. I I think I could use that to to really figure it out. So you might get uh, <laughs> okay, an email from me later. <laughs> great. Thank you so much, Sophie. This was a, a real treat. For those that want to learn more about Sophie, the work she's doing, or Nameberry, we'll we'll include information down below. But uh, also, do you mind if we play the the video that you posted the TikTok? No, please. Okay. Perfect. All right, real quick for all of those listening out there, we don't ask for a lot of favors, I don't think, babe, do we? No. But we're going to ask you a favor today, all right? If you're listening to Couple Things Podcast on Apple Podcasts specifically, will you please do us this short, quick favor? We want to make sure you're staying up to date with our show, and Apple's latest iOS update has paused downloads for many listeners, and some of you have expressed our latest episodes aren't being recommended to you on Apple Podcasts anymore. So here's how to make sure you're getting your episode. And again, this is for Apple Podcasts specifically. Open up that podcast app on your iPhone. Search Couple Things and tap Our Shows icon. And then in the top right corner, you might see a plus follow symbol. If you do, tap it to resume following the show. If you get a prompt to, quote, turn on automatic downloads, say yes. That way... You'll get all of the episodes. Thank you so much, guys. We're so glad this update was brought to our attention because we want to make sure we're reaching as many of you as we can. Love y'all, and we really appreciate you doing this.